Let's read the Bible together. We're going to do it with a little less energy than that. (laughs) So we're reading out of Revelation. Really easy to find. It's the last book. I love it when it's easy. Chapter 21. (coughs) Excuse me. Verse 1 through to verse 5. And it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. (coughs) There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. We have been in a series for seven weeks. It's been called The Most Powerful Force on Earth. It's a series uh, about the church and uh, it seemed right uh, for me, to me, that we look for all these weeks in a row um, at the church. We've seen different visions of the church. Um, We've seen that Christ is the builder of the church and we've seen that... uh, Our hearts being replaced is the very heart of the church. We've talked about the church as the body of the Christ, of the temple. We've talked about the church being God's mob of sheep. Um, We've talked about the church being the bride. But um, today uh, we come to the very, very last one. And uh, it is the last one because the Bible leaves it till last. It's talking about the church as the city of God. Let me pray and we will have a look at this together. Lord, we we pray that you'd uh, give us eyes to see uh, the city, the beautiful city that you've got in mind and that you've planned. Uh, Lord, give us eyes to perceive its beauty and eyes to see the one uh, who has made it beautiful. So open our eyes today we pray Father in Jesus name. Amen. John right at the end of the Bible uh, has a vision. He has a vision of things that normally human beings can't see, normally things that we are blind to and we we can't see. But John, right at the end of the Bible, has a vision of the future. So the picture that we're looking at this morning concerning the church is looking to the future, things that haven't yet 
happened. It talks here that I read for us, he says, I saw, and he's seeing a vision, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. This is the first earth that we're living on and the Bible said it's going to pass away. There will be a time when it is no more. And he said, I saw the holy city, this is in his vision, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And we know that this is the representation of the people of God because it says straight afterwards, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And that we know is a picture of the church itself. The church, the church is a city. Before we look at this city more closely, it's important that we understand a little bit of the history because in the Bible, there is not just one city, but two. Do you know the Bible starts with two people, Adam and Eve, and God gives them this commission to be fruitful and to increase in number and fill the earth. So already there's this idea that there is a city going to be coming. But before that this can happen, uh, Adam and Eve listen to the voice of Satan and a curse comes over the whole world. And so the first city we read about in the Bible is not the city of God. I'll read to you about the first city that we learn about in the Bible in Genesis 11. It says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and bitumen for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. The first city that we read about in the Bible is uh, the city of Babel. And it's a tower of Babel. And what these people are saying to themselves is, let us build a city and let's build a tower that reaches to the heavens. We want to make a name for ourselves. And we're going to reach, build this tower that we're going to make our own way uh, to heaven. But the Lord wasn't happy with their hearts at all. And this is what it says. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. That the people in Babel had this desire to make a name for themselves and to make a tower so that they themselves can reach uh, to heaven. They wanted not only to have rule on earth, but they wanted to have a rule in heaven. Notice what it says. Jesus, God himself actually says nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God, God has this incredible 
perception of the capacity of human beings. That nothing that they plan to do will be impossible for them. And if you think of the accomplishments that have been made over the last even 200 years, if you went back 200 years and thought, if those sort of accomplishments that we can do now um, were foreseen by people 200 years ago, they would be shocked, absolutely shocked about what has been accomplished. And, And God's perception of what the human race can do is actually very, very great. He says nothing they, they put their mind to will be impossible for them. But not only have, they, have human beings got inc- great, great capacity for achievement and accomplishment, but there's great arrogance in human beings that turn away from God because they themselves are going to rule. They themselves are going to make their own way to heaven. This city of Babel is the Hebrew word um, for Babylon. And all through the Bible, Babylon, the city of Babylon, becomes a symbol of everything that is opposed to God. It is a a resistance to God setting up his own city in the world. The people of God resisting the, not the people of God, the people of this world resisting the establishment of God's kingdom. So that's the first city that we read about. It's the city of Babylon. Straight after Genesis 11, we read in Genesis 12 that God speaks to one man. His name's Abram. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. So the people of Babel wanted to make a great name for themselves. That was their purpose. That was what's on their heart. They wanted to make a great name for themselves. And God was opposed them and scattered them. But now God comes to Abram and says, Abram, I want to make your name great. I want to make, make you, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in my love and all the fullness of my power and I'm going to make your name great. Everything that the people in Babel had longed for, they didn't get. But now God comes to Abram and says, Abram, I'm going to make your name great. As you know that a Eventually, God did create a nation, a great nation. He he brought that nation out of slavery and put them in a land of their own. And King David came and conquered what is now Jerusalem. And Jerusalem becomes the capital of God's people. When the Ark of the Covenant comes to Jerusalem, Jerusalem itself becomes uh, the capital city of God's kingdom on earth. And so now we've got two cities. We've got the city of Babylon, opposed to God, (laughs) opposed to all his ways. And now we've got the city, on the other hand, of Jerusalem, God's appointed city. But eventually, 
God actually abandons his own city, the city of Jerusalem, because of the immorality in it, because of the wickedness in it, because of all that was going wrong, because people's hearts were, were turning away from him. There was injustice and there was selfishness and God abandons his city. And so in Ezekiel chapters 8 to 11, you can read all about how God appoints for the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And in fact, it says that the glory of, the, of God lifts and disappears. The glory of God is removed from the city of Jerusalem because God opposes the city. It's known the exact date or the exact year when Jerusalem was totally destroyed. In 586 BC, Jerusalem, actually God's city, is smashed, is totally smashed. The, the nation of Babylon sends its army and comes and destroys the city of God. Isn't that shocking? The city of the earth, Babylon, the city of man, the city that um, rises from human beings comes and smashes God's city totally destroys the city of God, leaves it in shambles and is wrecked. Babylon conquers Jerusalem. In the Bible, these are these great cities, the city of Babylon and the city of Jerusalem. And they're side by side (laughs) through the Bible The city of man and the city of God. The city of human beings and the city that God is building. And they're wrestling and they're in conflict. When Jesus came, he had a very ambitious building plan. More ambitious than you've ever imagined. He came as a baby. He died as though he was a criminal. And rose in power. And what he had in mind was that he is going to conquer Babylon. (laughs) He's going to conquer everything that is opposed to God and all that is evil. And he is going to build a kingdom. When Jesus appears on earth, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because he is building a kingdom. And he's going to be building a city. And so John, right at the end of the Bible, if you read in Revelation, you'll find the destruction of Babylon, that symbol of everything that is opposed um, to God in the book of Revelation. Everything that is opposed to God is destroyed. And then we read in Revelation chapter 21, verse 9, that John gets a further glimpse into the future. Listen to what the future is. One of the seven angels who had seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. That's the church. Come and I'll show you. And he carried me away in the spirit 
to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of the very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had great high walls and 12 gates with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Three, there were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So here is a truly magnificent city. You go to some of the greatest cities in the world, you see pictures of them in all their splendour, in all the radiance, but they pale into into insignificance compared to this magnificent city that John sees. It shines with brilliance and it has the brilliance of precious jewels, a great high wall and 12 gates with 12 angels guarding those gates and the 12 tribes of Israel written on each of gate but also 12 foundations of the apostles. The tribes of Israel from the Old Testament and the apostles from the New Testament saying there is a unity of the church right across the ages. And this thing is massive. It says that the angel went and got a measuring rod of gold and he measured the city and it was 12,000 stadia in length and width and height. This city is like nothing you've ever conceived before because it is a cube. It's length and breadth and height, 12,000 stadia. And I looked in my notes and it is 2,200 kilometres high and wide and long. It is a massive, massive city, 2,200 kilometres in a cube. The city was of pure gold, as pure as glass. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth was onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth was amethyst. This is the city. And John is seeing a picture of the future that we can't see. It says here that I did not see a temple in the city. No temple. Why was there no temple in this city? It says that the city does not need the sun because the Lord himself will be the sun. (laughs) The, The gates in the city are never locked. It's so safe. If you go to the Holy of Holies, uh, if you had been able to go to the Holy of Holies in the original temple thousands of years ago, do you know you'd so- discover something about you've got the, the outer courts, you've got the, most hol- the holy place, and then you've got the most holy place, the Holy of Holies. And that Holy of Holies was a cube, a perfect cube. And the reason that there's no temple in this new city is because the whole city is a temple. The whole city is where God dwells. So here we've got two cities, the city of Babylon and the city of Jerusalem. 
The city of Babylon is called the great prostitute and this new Jerusalem, this new Jerusalem that has not come into existence yet is the wife of the lamb. Babylon is the great city that rises from the earth and the new Jerusalem comes down from heaven. It's a gift from heaven. The city of Babylon is full of everything that's evil and bitter and full of hatred. The new Jerusalem is filled with that which is good and righteous. Babylon, there's woe and destruction. It will be destroyed. The the new Jerusalem will last forever and ever. It will never, ever be destroyed. Babylon, people are called to come out, come out, come out of Babylon. New Jerusalem, people are called, come, come in, come in. I just want to say a few things then about this, about this city, about the church in the future. We're looking at a future vision. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is what it says about Abraham. Abraham lived thousands of years ago, but this is what it says. It says that he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. Now think about that. Abraham. Abraham. Abraham, thousands of years ago, was looking forward to something. He was looking forward to a city. A city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. He was not satisfied with this world. God had promised him land and nation and many, many things. But actually what was on his heart was not this world. He was looking forward to another city. A city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. In other words, Abraham had faith. And we are to... this. Image, this picture of the city of God is put here so that we will not be satisfied with this world. There is so much brokenness in this world, in you and in me. In this world, there is so much pain, there's so much hardship, there's so much disappointment, there's so much brokenness. And we are called through this word to look like Abraham to another city. A city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So I just want to encourage you this morning. I don't know what hardships face you. I don't know what brokenness is within you and what terrible things are happening on the outside and are coming and beating you down. But I'm encouraging you to be like Abraham. Would you look forward? To another city. Because in the end Babylon will de- be destroyed. Many people love the pleasures of today's Babylon. This world. <laughs> they love the pleasure. They want to give themselves to whatever this world will, will, will afford them. And this is where their heart is. And they gather and they want. And they, that this is their home. <laughs> but. God is saying, there is a city whose treasures will never be destroyed. 
and we're to look forward to another city. And I'm encouraging you in your own lives, in your own workplaces, in your own home situation, in your own bodily health situation, please, please, will you look forward to another city, the city that's portrayed here in Revelation? Did you notice that the the most significant thing about this city is the very presence of God? It says in verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. God's dwelling. That's the significant thing. The God actually dwells himself with his people. Yes, there's jewels. Yes, there's gold. Yes, there's beauty. But it's God himself. And here is a test to see where your heart is. Is your longing, is it your longing to be near God himself? Is that the thing that your heart longs for? Because that is the highest privilege and and joy of this city. Notice that in this city that God himself will attend to your pain. I'll read it for you. (laughs) Listen to what it says in this city. He, speaking about God, in verse 6, verse 4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death and no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away. The old order of things are still here right now. The old, there is death and there is crying and there is weeping and there is pain and there is disappointments and there is sorrow. But in the future, the old order of things are going to pass away. And guess who attends to your pain? He himself will wipe away everything. He himself is going to come personally to you, to your pain, to your heartache, to your disappointments, to your tragedies, and he himself will look at your tears. And he himself are going to come, is going to come and wipe away your tears, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying. Some people will not be allowed in this city. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulphur. And this is the second death. Not everyone goes into the city. Some are out. Some are excluded from this city. Nothing impure will ever enter it, verse 27. Nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The names of those that are written in the Lamb's book of life are allowed in this city. That's the crucial thing. The crucial thing is that my name and your name are written in the Lamb's book of life. I remember 
when Jesus was talking to his disciples and they came back and they were rejoicing. They said, Jesus, even the demons obey us. And they are thrilled that the demons obey them. And Jesus said, don't rejoice about that. (laughs) That's only a little thing. I tell you the thing to rejoice in, that your names are written in heaven. To enter this city, you must persevere in faith. It says, those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Those who are victorious. That idea of persevering, being victorious, uh, appears several times in the book of Revelation. And the idea is those that persevere in their faith. Because it's so easy to give up. It's so easy to, to, to lose your faith. It's so easy to become, I'm just going to give up. But Jesus says, do not give up. Press on. Persevere. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. So can I say to you this morning, um, don't give up. Don't give up on your faith. Still hold fast to the Lord, to his truth, to his grace and his mercy. Do you know that this city has enduring luxury and beauty and satisfaction. All of us uh, in this world um, love luxury and beauty and satisfaction. And the reason we, we, we just love to gaze on, on this beauty here, we love to receive this luxury here, and they're not bad things in and of themselves. The, the, the trouble is that when we're in love with the luxury and the beauty of this world, we're in love with something that's going to disappear, that's going to pass, that's not going to be here for long. But in the new city, there is... Luxury and beauty and satisfaction that will endure forever. The foundations of this city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. And listen to the satisfaction. The angel showed me the river of water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the water stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. So from this throne is a river and the tree of life that was in the first creation in the garden, now appears in the new creation for our nourishment, bearing fruit and a river to quench our thirst. Every satisfaction and our deepest longing are met by God in this new city. 
And lastly, I want you to know that you're invited to enter this city. Listen to Revelation 22. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they might have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. You're invited into the city to come. It, it is the most, it's the greatest privilege. I know many people prefer Babylon. Many people prefer um, what this world offers. Many people are satisfied um, by what is offered here. But the Lord is saying, will you look? Will you, will you look to something way, way greater? Do you know, Christians are not people that are saying, oh, um, how naughty that someone is doing that pleasurable thing and how naughty that someone else is doing. That's not, that's not where we're coming from. Where we're coming from is that the pleasures of this world are so small compared to what God is offering. He's offering eternal joys, eternal pleasures. And to be in love with that which is passing away and that brings destruction is bad for us. And the Lord is saying, look, will you come? Will you come into the city? Do you know what that means? It means that if one day you hear that I've got cancer or that I'm suddenly dead or whatever, it's okay. It is totally okay. This world is not, um, is not all there is. God is welcoming us into a city that can never, ever be smashed or broken, a world made new. So I want you to know um, that this is what God is calling us into as the church. Let me pray. Lord, um, you say blessed are those that, who wash their robes. And Lord, our robes are washed only in Christ and through his blood. Uh, he's the one that enables us to come in. Yeah, Father, we're thankful that you are the God that calls us in uh, that we might love and adore you Lord that we might be worshippers of you and that we might shine with the glory that you give us yeah, thank you Father in Jesus name Amen